Mothers deserve the absolute best. So this Mother's Day, spoil the moms in your life with little luxuries from Osea. Osea's skin and body care is the perfect way to remind all the moms, mother figures, caregivers, grandmothers, and mother-in-laws in your life to make time for themselves. If you have been looking for the perfect gift, I recommend Osea's Andaria Algae Body Oil. I've been using it for years and it seems like every single time I apply it, I get compliments on my skin. This body oil is rich, but it's never greasy and it's clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity. Your skin will feel more sculpted and toned and you'll be left feeling silky, soft and glowing. Another favorite of mine is the Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. Ever since I've been using collagen, I have noticed a difference in my skin. In fact, it's never been better. Using Osea's body oil and lotion together is a mega moisture duo, giving you a full body glow. Osea's products are infused with our signature Andaria seaweed, but it's also clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified. Really just a perfect gift for yourself, the moms in your life, and even the planet. Spoil the moms in your life with clean, vegan skin and body care from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with the code YOGA at OseaMalibu.com. You'll get free samples with every order and free shipping on orders over $60. Head to OseaMalibu.com and use the code YOGA for 10% off. As our world conducts more and more business internationally, being able to send money across the globe quick and easy is becoming a higher and higher priority for so many people. With some international businesses of my own, I need to make sure money arrives completely hassle-free. That's why I turn to TransferWise each and every time. While there may be many ways to get your money from A to B, those transfers might cost you a lot more than they should. And it's the old way. With TransferWise, you can trust that they will never mark up the exchange rate. They use clever new technology, making them always able to give great rates at low fees. The founders of TransferWise, Tavit and Christo, did not set out to start a company. They were normal people, just like you and me, frustrated by their bank's bad exchange rates. They wondered, what if there's a way to bypass the banks altogether? That's how they built TransferWise. That was seven years ago, and today, two million people and counting use TransferWise. There's people sending money home, businesses that are paying their suppliers and freelancers getting paid. The more customers they have, the more their already low fees can drop even further. So put some money in your pocket for the more important things in life because no one ever said it's important that my bank gets some extra cash. Test it out for free at transferwise.com slash podcast or download the app. Once again, that's transferwise.com slash podcast. Transferwise, the wise way to send money. Hi, and welcome to another episode of From the Heart Conversations with Yoga Girl. I am so, so excited to introduce to you all part two of The Inner Critic, what is actually (laughs) becoming one of our most popular podcast episodes of all time. If you haven't tuned in to last week's episode, The Inner Critic, Um, I highly suggest that you do. It's an absolutely beautiful episode. Um, And the the idea, of course, if you've heard it, you know all about it. But if you're just tuning in for the first time, I'll give a little bit of a flashback. But during our yoga teacher training here in Aruba, uh, we had the idea to record a podcast episode together with the 52 women that are present here or were present here in the training with me. And I just picked a topic. It was um, not really at random because we'd been sort of talking about this topic for a little while. So it was in the front of my mind and in my heart. But I picked a topic that I hoped would allow for a bit of heart opening with each person speaking on the podcast, um, bring forth some emotion for everyone to just be really present and honest with the beauty that is 
being vulnerable, <laughs> the beauty of vulnerability, it's, it's the most beautiful thing there is. And I chose the topic of the inner critic. So <laughs> um, many of us, I mean, and it's actually, I, I haven't spoken about the, the, the inner critic. I haven't talked that much about it in social media. As soon as this podcast episode of last week, as it went live, uh, I was just overwhelmed with messages and comments and emails and um, yeah, Jesus, tweets, Facebook, all over uh, from people that had listened in and just were overwhelmed with, and overcome with emotion from feeling so connected to every single person that that shared a piece of their heart in last week's episode. Uh, it's It was very hard to listen to and not cry. <laughs> uh, so many people wrote in and, and were kind of, I think this is one of the most uh, promoted episodes we've ever had by the community just picking up an episode and on their own without any urge from my end at all just completely telling other people telling their communities their families and friends to go listen to this episode and the most <laughs> most the common thing people wrote or said was make sure you have a box of tissues ready uh, someone wrote me you know oh god damn it this episode should come with a warning don't listen at work <laughs> now I'm in my office just bawling and it was just so goddamn beautiful. And honestly, I feel like I feel like I'm onto something here. <laughs> I do these groups all the time. I mean, literally, pretty much every month, I have some sort of group a retreat, a training, something happening at the studio. They're always vulnerable. They're always heart opening. So much emotion present. Of course, this group is super mega special. Will have a ah, special place in my heart forever. But I'm thinking, you know. Maybe maybe I'll do episodes like this more often because, so last week we had 26 women share, so half the group, and the stories that they're sharing, you know, the, the vulnerability that they're opening up with, uh, it's, it's a completely different, different, of course, different life, different person, different story um, than mine. So they were able to connect with people on a level where I just never would be able to. So my favorite part about last week's episode was having people write in with a specific name. You know, they would say, oh, I resonated so much with what Eva said, or I resonated so much with what Chris said, or with what Lauren said. And there was just so many people that um, just listening to one of the women speak had a little piece of their hearts just cracked open, resonating with their specific words, with their specific story. And, you know, uh, I would not be able to make that connection. You know, we, 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 we resonate in, in different ways and we all speak with different vibrations, different energies. So I feel like just having this platform as an opportunity to, to really open people's hearts, but in so many more ways than just me sharing my story. So yeah, if you haven't already listened into last week's episode, it was so beautiful. Um, before we dive into part two, so of course this week we have another 26 women, the second half of the group, sharing about their inner critic and also their best friend. Um, so before we dive into that, I just want to take this moment to deeply, deeply honor every single person who, uh, who participated, every woman who bravely stepped into the Terra Shala with me. Um, we had set up uh, one of our smaller shalas here at the studio with just some really cozy lighting and candles. And we were sitting in a circle in our meditation chairs and I had, uh, you know, one mic for me and then one mic that we passed around the, the circle. And no matter kind of what 
you know, mindset everyone was in before stepping into the shawl. Like, oh, I'm just going to go in and do a little, you know, two minute thing on the podcast and just share something, no big deal. And there was kind of a high going on outside because there was our, some of our final days with getting really close to graduation. So the energy was really different outside of this room. But then as soon as, uh, as each little group stepped into to the shala with me and sat down, it was just so evident that, um, that we're meant to have this conversation, that we're meant to get these things off of our chest, that we're meant to actually bring our awareness to that critical judgmental voice that we have. I mean, almost all of us have that voice in the back or in the front of our minds at some point every day. Um, for some of us, that voice is just the loudest thing and it never shuts up. Some of us, we have that really vicious inner critic that just never quiets down and it continues to tell us about all the ways and how we're not good enough and we're never going to succeed and no one's ever going to love us. And, you know, it's, it's never, ever quiet. And for, for, for some of us, it's a voice that pops up and then goes away and then comes back and then goes away, or it's just once in a while. And it's, you know, it's very different for everyone. What I'm definitely sure of, I mean, it's, it's uh, the, this I truly believe, is that every time we allow that voice to overtake us or to sort of um, to take up that much space in our minds without us being able to identify the voice as a voice, right? But without being able to separate ourselves from the inner critic. But when we think or we become confused and it feels like the inner critic is us or it speaks truth and it starts to sort of you know, make decisions for us in our day. It starts to tell us, um, you know, it, it, we actually start reinforcing the inner critic every time we listen to it and we really bring it, pay it attention. So every day, if you have that inner critical voice and you're allowing it to be there without separating from it, even just a little bit, that means tomorrow the inner critic is going to be there and it might be even louder. So finding that first little gap of just separating ourselves from the critic, recognizing that, ah, oh, there's that critical voice again. And uh, I, I gave a suggestion to the girls before we started recording. We were talking about this. Um, I love the idea of naming the inner critic something. Uh, one of the girls, <laughs> everybody had super funny names for their inner critics. If you, if you name your inner critic, instead of it being, oh, here's this voice that sounds like truth. Like maybe it is true. I'm not good enough. I can't do these things. I'm too fat, too ugly, too whatever. Not enough of this, not enough of that. Put a voice to the inner critic so that the next time you catch yourself with that judgmental voice loud in the front of your mind, you can go like, hey, Robert, pipe down. <laughs> or at least, you know, just sort of mentally to yourself, recognizing that, oh, the critic is here now. Interesting. Okay. Do I have to freak out about that? Do I have to react? Should I panic about it? Or do I have to pay attention? Do I have to listen to this voice like truth? Just a little bit of separation as in recognizing that the voice is there and when it gets really loud. It's just, it's a really important step to take to when it, so that we don't get swallowed up by this idea that we're not enough because of course that's not true, you know? I mean, and you can hear it in all the girls' voices when we, when we move from the inner critic to the inner best friend and sitting in the room with them, just having them share with the voice of the inner best friend. And sometimes that voice is really quiet. It's more like a whisper. The inner critic can get really loud and angry and the inner best friend just sort of has the backseat all the time. Um, but it's just watching every woman share what the inner best friend says and how their faces light up and they're smiling and it's, you can sort of like, you know, their whole posture changes. They sit up a little bit taller. All of a sudden, you know, it's totally different 
body language, almost like a different different part of that person that's suddenly speaking. Um, and just imagining, you know, what would life be like if I spoke to myself with the voice of the inner best friend much more often or all the time? Is that even a possibility? I, I don't know, because um, I'm a work in, <laughs> in process, um, as, as all of you guys know, definitely, definitely. And I want to take a, a moment to share my inner critic right now. Um, so this is setting the tone for this, this beautiful episode. <sighs> Let me close my eyes and take a breath so I can tap in. My inner critic, last week I spoke about my inner critic and how it's loud in terms of motherhood. And this is very true. Whenever I separate from the baby, I immediately feel guilty. Um, like I should be with her all the time. Actually, right now, just that I'm sitting at the studio recording this, but, you know, technically I could be at home recording it so I could squeeze it an extra few minutes with a baby and not have to drive. Like my inner critic gets loud about the stupid in-between stuff that doesn't really make a huge difference. Uh, just, just driving here just now, literally, um, I'm sort of, I can catch the inner critic in the back of my head, beating myself up. Oh, can't believe you're going to spend another 30 minutes away from the baby. You were already away from the baby today. You went to yoga. You did this. You had a meeting. Uh, and actually, you could take all your podcast equipment and you could just bring it home. And then you wouldn't have to be in the car. And then you could just, you would get extra time with the baby that way. Like, why aren't you a better mom? And just, why, why aren't you at home right now? And I catch myself with that voice, like, oh my God, yes. And then I start thinking, okay, wait, wait, should I like just pack up my stuff and stress? But then I know if I go home, I'm going to feel completely torn. And it's really hard for me to focus and be present with anything when I'm with the baby. There's a reason I decided to record this podcast at the office today, because I need that space. But if I listen to the inner critic, suddenly I can, I can feel my heartbeat, my heartbeat um, just, you know, beating faster. And I start feeling stressed, like, oh my God. And I kind of park the car and I did it a little bit sloppily, like I'm dashing out of the car so I can rush, 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 rush and get this podcast thing done so I can go home and, and, and be with the baby more so that I'm not a bad mom. <laughs> and of course, speaking this now, like this is just, it's ridiculous. <laughs> I know it's ridiculous. And I know 30 minutes more or less for me at work, like one, it's not the end of the world. And two... This does not. This is not a good way to judge whether or not I'm a good mom, like at all. My inner critic just tells me all sorts of non-truths about what it means to show up for your baby as a good mother, and you know. And I know even if I did go home and I did all this stuff at home, the inner critic is still going to be there about something else. And I had that the other day. Like we just wrapped this um, teacher training, and it's been you know. 23 days nonstop, super intense. And I had two days off uh, immediately afterwards. And we have a retreat actually starting tomorrow. So I had just a tiny couple of days off. And I had a whole day, just the day after the training, where I was just at home, lounging by the pool, you know, cleaning up around the house, just being with the baby, taking it really easy. And then in the early afternoon, the baby went down for her nap. And I just was kind of reaching for my book, this novel that I'm reading right now. And then I, I heard my inner critic like, uh, shouldn't you reach for your computer instead? Like, don't you have a ton of work to do that you've been just putting off for these 23 days? Like, come on, you had a whole half day of rest. Like, you know, and I can actually sense myself like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Actually, actually, now that I think of it, I have so much work to do. I really should not be reading some stupid novel. Like, what is that going to give me? And I turn around and I open my computer. <laughs> 
Like I wasn't able to separate, you know, this this sort of judgmental voice that tells me, I mean, this voice is so strong. I've literally worked for a month straight and, you know, in without a break. And the inner critic tells me that half a day off, it's like, it's it's enough already. Come on, get back to work, get back to work, work a little harder, work longer hours. Uh, don't rest, definitely don't rest. And resting is a waste of time. That's that's my inner critic getting getting pretty loud. And it wasn't until I kind of caught myself like mid-email and I look outside and the sun is shining and the baby's sleeping and the baby doesn't sleep for that long. Like I had this really kind of brief moment of just sitting back alone you know, to rest, to restore, to to soften, to relax, to just do whatever I want to do. And the inner critic got so loud that I was like, no, 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 I shouldn't read my book, should get, get to those emails now. <laughs> and I just, you know, launched right in. But when I caught the voice, I was able to like, okay, you know, hmm, these emails can wait. I have a retreat in two days. <laughs> I actually, not only do I deserve to rest, but I can rest whenever the hell I goddamn want to. <laughs> I don't need anybody's permission when it comes to, to resting or to soften. I don't, I don't need it. If I want to relax, if I want to read my book, it's my, it's my, it's my, it's my opportunity to do that. So just let me be. And the more I just, you know, kind of have that looking at, okay, when is the inner critic loud? I catch it. Sometimes it's once an hour. Sometimes it's kind of all through the day. I catch myself in those moments of the inner critic getting really, really, really loud. And I've, I've also been, um, I've been sort of meditating on, you know, the inner best friend and how we have that inner supportive voice. And I was also thinking, well, is there something good about the inner critic? Like is the inner critic, it's there for a reason, right? I mean, it's not like I'm this kind of schizophrenic person with different personalities. It's just, it's just a voice and it's me talking to myself, right? It's the thoughts that I bring attention to in a day. Are they positive or are they negative? And I'm realizing that the inner critic, however, you know, vicious and, and terrible and mean and, and, and mean-spirited it can be, it's made its way there because it wants to protect me. And this is a, this is a big revelation <laughs> for me. Um, the inner critic, you know, it's, it's, it's been a voice that's gotten louder in terms of specific things because the inner critic is always worried that I'm going to be left out. The inner critic is worried I'm not going to have enough. It's worried that I'm not going to be liked enough. I'm not going to be loved enough. Um, that I'm not going to be successful enough. That I'm not going to be a good enough mom. And by speaking these, you know, these judgmental thoughts out loud all the time, the inner critic actually thinks it's doing me a favor. The inner critic, what if, I mean, just like, bear with me while, while I throw this crazy idea out there. What if the voice of the inner critic comes from a place of love? Whoa. <laughs> I'm, I'm serious though. What if it comes from a place of love? What if the inner critic and the inner best friend have more in common than we think they do? Uh, the inner best friend is trying to keep me safe, right? Is trying to keep me safe, trying to make sure I'm protected. But then when I look and I listen to the things that the inner critic says again and again and again, if I scale away sort of the surface of it, the inner critic is doing the same thing, just from a completely different angle. And it's the inner critic that says, hey, you got to work harder so you're more successful so people will love you, <laughs> right? And then the inner best friend is like, hey, it's okay, you got to soften a little bit more so you can love yourself and then people will love you. <laughs> They're 
kind of saying the same things. They just have very different ways of showing up in the back of my mind. But realizing that, and especially when I'm just kind of taking the emotion out of what the inner critic says, now that I'm able to separate more and more, and learning that that how similar these voices are and how at the end of the day, I, the inner critic isn't there to be this malicious, vicious, hateful voice. The inner critic is there because I think I'm protecting myself, right? So if I don't let people in, my heart won't break and I won't have pain like I had before. You know, if I, if I keep these walls up really high and really solid, like a fortress, um, you know, no one's going to climb over them and, 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 and kind of open my heart and then leave me vulnerable to heartbreak, because that happened before. So it's better if I just, I put these walls up here and I won't let people in because then at least I won't have more pain. Can you guys kind of see where I'm, where I'm going with this? Realizing that the inner critic stems from the same place as the inner best friend, that these two voices are trying to get to the same end game. They're trying to get to the same place where we are safe, where we're protected, where we're loved, where we're whole where we feel complete and calm, where there's peace and beauty in our lives. <sighs> of course, you know, choosing to listen to the inner best friend or maybe reinforcing the voice of the inner best friend a little bit more or a whole lot more, it's going to change our lives all together. I mean, oh, hell yes. It's gonna, it might just completely transform um, the way we look at the world, the way the world reflects back at us 100%. But it's a it's been an important piece for me to recognize that okay, I don't have to hate my inner critic. Um like it's some sort of evil voice in the back of my head. I can sort of recognize that the inner critic is there and then I can show up with love. Instead of resentment, instead of oh, just shut up, like, you know, because that's sort of that judgment coming in through the back door, just showing up with love. Okay. You know, I have these thoughts, this mind, this ego that's constantly trying to protect me all the time, making sure that I'm safe and cared for and all those things. And I can just again and again choose to bring myself back to a place of love, to focus on those loving thoughts, but without creating more of the judgment um, by hating that inner critical voice, but recognizing that it's coming from a place of love too, however strangely it's showing up in, in, in our lives. So my inner critic right now is telling me that I'm blabbering on for too long, this podcast now, because we have 20 uh, beautiful women about to share stories of their inner critics and their inner best friends. Um, so I'm going to tell my inner critic, who I don't know why I've named him Robert. I know many Roberts in my life <laughs> that I love and cherish. It's just, I don't know how, how that came to be, but um, my inner critic, Robert, is going to just quiet down a little bit so I can seal this introduction and just really from the bottom of my heart, tell you all how grateful I am that you're listening, how grateful I am that you are doing this exercise along with us, that you are also evaluating that voice, right? Separating ourselves a little bit so that we can listen before we jump to the conclusion of truth. Um, and making more space for the loving, loving, kind thoughts and letting the inner best friend be who steers the ship, right? And then using the tools that we have available, the tools of the body, the breath, maybe yoga, the practice as ways to anchor ourselves back into this moment again and again. Because when we're present, and this is the, the beauty of it, of it all, when we're 100% present in this moment here now, both of those voices are quiet. And it's a pretty peaceful place to be.
So without further ado, I present to you the Inner Critic Part 2. So continuing to take some deep belly breaths, just bringing awareness and sensation all the way down to the low belly. And starting to bring our awareness back to the topic that we journaled and shared on yesterday. So the, this idea of the inner critic, that inner critical voice, that inner judgmental voice, a voice that sometimes or oftentimes tells us that we're not enough. And then also remembering that second voice, the voice of the inner best friend, the voice that tells us that yes, you are, or yes, you can. And just noticing what comes up, what's stirred around your heart center, just from anchoring toward this topic. And continuing to stay anchored in the breath, just go ahead and open the eyes. Hi, Kat. Hi. What does your inner critic say? Uh, my inner critic tells me that I am not strong enough. The reason this is, is that I was diagnosed with myositis five years ago, and that's a rare muscle disease. And, um, you know, I was diagnosed not really knowing what it was, and I lost all movement from my hips up, so I became paralyzed. And um, I was also diagnosed with fibromyalgia three years ago. So when I was diagnosed, I just didn't know what to do, and I lost all strength in my body and had to learn everything again on movement, um, and it was just really scary. So now, kind of going through that, yoga saved me. I would go to my mat and just cry <laughs> um, and just breathe, and then I would lay there again the next day, and I would just cry <laughs> and breathe, and I'll never forget the day I came into Cat Cow, and I was just like, I made it, you know? I made it on all fours again, and just now being here is just... It's amazing, you know, it's, um, it's empowering, but every single day I wake up and my body's in pain and I tell myself I'm not strong enough because I look around me and everyone, you know, I'm like, oh, I'm not at handstand yet, but maybe I'll get there one day. But even just showing up at my mat every day, I just, um, I question myself all the time, every day that, um, you know. I'm not as good as anyone else, or I'm not strong, and I need to gain more muscle back, or what am I doing here? Um, I once went to a class after I was diagnosed, thinking I wanted to move again because I got into cat-cow, so I was so excited. I went to a class, and the teacher in the class said, um, oh, people with chronic illnesses can't do warrior two. And I really wanted to stand up and do warrior two and to show her, but I didn't. I just sat there and... Um, you know, left the room and cried and went home and thought, is she right? Like, am I ever going to be able to do that again? Um, and now I know she was wrong. You know, I mean, if you get an illness, you can do anything. Um, my doctor told me I wasn't able, you know, that I'm going to lose all muscle one day and not move. But I'm, so I get scared every day that I'm just not strong enough, that one day I'm going to wake up and it's going to happen again. And, um, you know... So that's kind of my inner critic, and it's always there. It's every day that um, I'm just not good enough. And if you would speak to yourself right now from that 
that other voice, the voice of the inner best friend, a voice that's just supportive and full of love and kindness. What does it say? Um, my inner best friend tells me that my strength is, um, you know, my greatest gift. That this, that my story is my greatest gift, and um, my inner strength is, you know, immeasurable. Um, it would tell me to share my story. You know, I don't tell people that I'm sick. A lot of even my friends don't even know what I went through, like my new friends. And um, but to share it and be empowered by it, because I think it really can show other people that anyone can do it if you really put your mind to it and um, focus. So, um, you know, my inner friend would tell me I'm a badass. <laughs> that, uh, you know, I go through it every day on my own. I didn't go to yoga classes after I got sick because I was too scared. I was scared after that woman told me I couldn't do Warrior Two, thinking, why should I show up? And I would just roll my mat out every day and just do it on my own and read books because I knew, like, movement was so key to my life and um you know so my inner best friend would just say like hey cat you're strong you know you're a badass girl and you're now a yoga teacher and i really want to teach others that have gone through chronic illness that like don't listen to what anyone else has to say you know you know your body and you can heal yourself and um yeah, you know, inner strength is a big gift, and I think my story is actually a gift, um, and I don't know where I would be without it, so. Thank you. Thank you. Romy. Hi. Hi. What does your inner critic say? My inner critic... Um, is, um, is telling me a lot, like every time. And for me, it feels like it's a, a constant battle, like between the, the critic and the best friend. It's like, um, I was thinking about playing like the hide and seek game and it should have, like, it should be fun. But um, sometimes I, it's hard for me to find the other voice. Um, the inner critic um, yeah, shows up in different ways. Uh, for example, like um, taking this teacher training or actually it was like a gift from my husband. <laughs> um, knowing I have to leave my kids like every day. And I was thinking like, okay, Taking this time for yourself, um, it, 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 it made me feel like uh, guilty somehow. I think the critic says, like, okay, you, why do you take this time for yourself? Because you leave your kids and um, uh, related, like, what, what you said in the, um, one sharing, like, uh, for example, hearing... Um, they really like to be with with uh, daddy, and it's I love it when I hear it. But it's just some critic that says like, okay, when I leave like three weeks, what will it like change in the way they look at me? So I think that's uh, that's my critic that shows up a lot. 
And do you sometimes have that other voice? That kind, loving voice? When you asked uh, us to share about that, it, was, it made me realize that sometimes it's difficult to find that <laughs> To find a true best friend because I was realizing that a lot of other people around me are telling me that I'm a good mom or yes you can do this because you have you need the time for yourself and um, luckily because otherwise I think uh, I wouldn't like be able to do it so there will be like a voice who is telling me okay you can do this and um, yes I believe I can do it because I know that it's in my heart and um, I know a lot of things come from from the heart um, and I I tell myself like every day that yeah that I also deserve the time to do this and find myself and um, not that I'm lost but um, yeah just um, listening more to like what is inside and speaking out li loud what you are feeling and yeah <laughs> and if you would speak to yourself in that loving voice right now what would that voice say that I am here right now exactly where I'm meant to be and it feels like that that is really true thank you you're welcome thank you Bethany what does your inner critic say my inner critic tells me that people don't want to hear me talk And they just wait for me to stop. And when I think about why that is, I think it stems from childhood trauma and not easily making friends with my peers and having a lot of problems at home with my mother who was mentally ill and very unstable, which left me with severe separation anxiety and problems with anxiety and lack of stability and self-confidence. Lately, my inner critic is telling me that I'm fat and I don't have a good body anymore. And that I maybe never will because I had a child. And there's some things that just won't ever be the same. And I guess that's mostly it right now. <laughs> maybe that's a lot. If you would close your eyes, let's just take a deep breath right now. And see if you can breathe some comfort into the belly, into the legs, to the feet. And just experiencing your body. So not judging it or looking at it from the outside, but just feeling this moment in your body.
And then connecting to another another voice, a voice of of support, a voice of of the inner cheerleader, the inner inner best friend, because she's there. What does she say? Ironically, I hear her almost as often as I hear my inner critic. It feels like almost like my wisdom or strength is more powerful. And she says that I am amazing and strong and it's a gift that I gave life to my son and it's something to be celebrated and honored and the changes in my body are a reflection of that and that the society and world that we live in is an illusion and the beliefs that I have about how my body should look is a product of that and that I should be more gentle with myself and that I have powerful messages to share and bring to the people in my life and people do want to hear what I have to say and that I have every reason to be confident even if it's hard to find it that's basically it (laughs) can you imagine what life would be like if you spoke to yourself more with that voice of kindness than you did with the critical voice yeah I think it would be much more peaceful and healthy (laughs) and empowering and I think I would be happier and more successful and feel more love and have more opportunities to celebrate all of the amazing things about life instead of living in a dark place of like pain and living in the past sometimes. Thank you for sharing your heart. Thank you. Thank you. Lizzie. Hi. What does your inner critic say? Um, My inner critic was heightened um, when I actually found out that I got into this program. Um, I signed up um, just because I knew I wanted to um, and then never gave it another thought. And then when I got the email that I got in, I had about an hour or two of just pure happiness and excitement and then... um, Then when I was by myself, after telling my friends and family, I started um, hearing this voice of the inner critic, and um, she was saying, like, you got in by sheer luck. Um, You got in because someone else couldn't be there, someone else better, someone um, more qualified. Um, You're not 
experienced enough, you don't have enough insightful things to say, um, you can't kick effortlessly into a handstand. Um, my inner critic was comparing myself to people I saw portrayed as yoga teachers on social media. Um, I'm not um, skinny enough, I'm not pretty enough um, to be a yoga teacher and are people going to judge me when I say yoga is my passion and expect me to be this like super fit, um, like beautiful girl because that's often what we see on social media and um, it was so frustrating because how could I ever believe um, this idea that my physical appearance, um, which really means nothing, um, could come in the way of what I know my um, inner self wants so badly. It's my passion and, and my inner critic was telling me in so many ways that, um, that maybe I shouldn't follow this dream and I wasn't strong enough or good enough to fulfill it. And is there also a, a kinder voice there? Yes. <laughs> you have um, an inner best friend. <laughs> My inner best friend tells me that I was meant to be here and that um, it wouldn't be the same if I wasn't here and that um, the whole universe wouldn't be the same um, if I wasn't a part of it and that I do matter um, and that I can help people with um, following my dreams and, and impact people in, in a really positive way by sharing my message. Um, this scared the crap out of me, the idea of talking to people um, about my vulnerabilities, but um, my inner best friend told me, you have to do it, and um, you have this opportunity for a reason, and, and people are going to listen to what you're saying, and maybe it'll help someone, and you have the power to, to help someone who's going through this, um, these type of thoughts, and um, my inner best friend tells me I can do anything, and that... Um, yeah, my inner best friend w was with me when I was teaching my graduation sequence and she was just overcoming me with this feeling of you belong here and, and everything in your life um, leading up to now has brought you here and, and to these people in this place and, and you're going to do amazing things from here and you have no limits and um, yeah. She rocks. <laughs> she rocks. You rock. <laughs> Thank you for sharing. Thank you. Thank you. You are listening to From the Heart, Conversations with Yoga Girl. Having a consistent yoga practice means I also need a consistent deodorant. But there are so many deodorants on the market with toxic ingredients or they just plain don't work. If you're like me, you've tried to switch to natural deodorants at one point but ended up reverting back to your toxic brand because you couldn't find one that lasted longer than an hour or two. Well, I'm super happy to announce that I finally found the perfect natural deodorant that checks all the boxes. And it's Lone Deodorant. Lone Deodorant was created by a family that grew up working together in the natural products industry, but they still use toxic deodorant brands because none of the natural options worked. Their dad refused to believe everything had been tried, so he kept looking for an alternative. Instead of employing the common natural deodorant ingredients and trying to get different results, he searched for something entirely different. That led him to the chemistry of dead sea salts and their naturally deodorizing properties. Thank goodness he did. After I tried so many non-toxic deodorants that just didn't work for 
for me, it was hard to believe there was one out there that did. Once I tried Lone, I experienced the difference for myself. It's free of aluminum, parabens, and all other toxic usuals. It works all day with just one application. It doesn't stain your clothes and does not contain baking soda. So there's no chance of getting those itchy and rashy underarms. Actually, unlike many deodorants, Lone's ingredients condition your underarms, resulting in smooth and soft armpits with long-term use. Get on your mat like I do or do any of the other activities that you love, but don't do it without Lone deodorant. Try it today for 10% off of your order at LoneDeodorant.com using the code YOGAGIRL when you check out. That's 10% off at LoneDeodorant.com with the code YOGAGIRL. Lone spelled L-O-N-E. They have excellent customer service and guarantee your satisfaction. Sometimes in life, skepticism can serve you well. It can save you money, keep you from wasting a day at a timeshare presentation, and help you avoid spreading gossip. To be honest, when I am faced with a new scenario, I usually tend to be a skeptic until something proves me wrong. And if you're like me, you can probably spot a too-good-to-be-true health hack from a mile away and read labels like it's your job. That's where ritual comes in. They know that every good skeptic deserves a multivitamin that exceeds your standards. Their clinically backed Essential for Women 18 Plus multivitamin has high quality, traceable key ingredients in clean bioavailable forms. Take two delayed release capsules per day that optimize your body's absorption and you'll get nine key nutrients. Rituals Essential for Women is USP verified, so you know you can trust what you're putting in your body. Only about 1% of supplement brands on the market have the USP verified mark, which shows the product contains the ingredients actually listed on the label. On top of that, Ritual multivitamins are vegan, non-GMO project verified, gluten and major allergen free, certified B Corp and made traceable. I take my vitamins every morning with breakfast. It's part of my daily ritual and I feel so good doing it. No more shady business. Rituals Essential for Women 18 Plus is a multivitamin you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month at ritual.com slash yoga girl. Start Ritual or add Essential for Women 18 Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash yoga girl for 25% off. Laura. Hi. Hi. What does your inner critic say? Um, my inner critic won't shut up all the time. Um, it tells me that I'm not smart enough and I'm not strong enough or thin enough or um, emotional enough. It tells me I'm an emotionally closed person and I can't connect well with people. Um, it tells me that I don't understand people very well and um, that I don't belong. Do you feel like sometimes that voice is kind of what leads the way? Most definitely, yeah. I, um, I feel um, detached a lot and I try not to express myself very much because of that voice. And I label myself as not a very emotional person because of it, but I clearly have emotions. <laughs> and if you take a deep breath right now and just bringing some awareness away from the voice, away from that judgment and into the body, so where your heart is, where your belly is, all the way down to the legs, to the feet. And knowing that when you're present in the body, it's 
easier to access this other voice, this voice that's supportive and here for you and talking to you in a different way. What does that voice say? Um, that voice tells me that I deserve to be here and I deserve to take up space and I can connect with people and I can help people and I am smart enough and I am kind enough and maybe I, I can have a mutual understanding with people. Thank you for sharing a piece of your heart. Thank, Thank you. Emily. Hello. <laughs> Do you have an inner critic? I have an inner critic, and she's a tough one. My inner critic tells me that I'm not deserving. <laughs> I am not noticed that everyone sees me. I am replaceable, that I am not enough, that I do not love hard enough, I do not give enough. I'm too emotional. <laughs> My inner critic was strong enough to never sign up for this, even though I've known that I've wanted to be here for probably over five years, <laughs> but I never signed up until spa opened up and someone else prior had taken the chance on me and stuck their head out for me and wrote a letter for me. And then finally I stuck my head out and said, if someone else loves me this much and thinks I'm this deserving, how can I not take the chance on myself? So my inner critic leads a lot of my life my inner best friend. <laughs> I'm valuable, I'm worthy, I'm deserving. I'm loved, I'm supported. I'm a great daughter, a wonderful friend. I hold space. I am made of love. I'm made to fill in the spaces of this world with the love that overflows in me. And I deserve to be here, right now, always. And that I am enough, I am valued. I can take up space, I can be held. I'm good, I'm kind, I'm giving. <sighs> I love you so damn much. <laughs> I love you so much. Morgan, what does your inner critic say? Well, <laughs> um, at a very young age, I had a lot of suicide in my immediate family. And I remember thinking that I was so young and, like, I mean, so perfect. And that, that should have been enough to stop 
my family members from like wanting to die, like me just being alive. And, um, uh, but it wasn't. And this like harvested this belief in me that like I'm not enough and nothing that I will ever do will be enough. And everyone I love will leave me at some point. And then I open my eyes <laughs> and it's not real. And I know that I'm surrounded by love. And then my inner best friend says that I am smart and amazing and so worth the love that everyone needs, <laughs> including me. Um, I felt good to say. <laughs> Do you want to say it again? No. <laughs> Come on, say it again. I am so deserving of love. So fucking worth it. What was that? I couldn't hear you over here in the back. So fucking worth it. <laughs> so worthy of love. So, so worthy. Thank you for sharing. Thank you. Ida, what does your inner critic say? My inner critic tells me that I'm never enough. Um, that I need to be good at everything all the time. And that even if I succeed in one field, I still have a lot more to accomplish before it's enough. My inner best friend, on the other hand, is very compassionate and always convinces me that I am enough just by being myself. And if I can find peace in my body, it doesn't always matter of what the outside world means about it. And if you would just close your eyes and take a breath and speaking to yourself with that loving voice right now, what does that voice say right now? Well, it says that I'm sitting in a room recording a podcast with yoga girls, so I feel like I've come pretty far <laughs> just by being myself. <laughs> You have a fun inner best friend. <laughs> Thank you for sharing. Thank you. Thank you. Kristen, what does your inner critic say? My inner critic constantly tells me not to speak, to hold everything inside, that nothing I do or say will be good enough. That situations in the past will keep on happening, even though they don't. It's constantly just the what-ifs and not the just being. I can't just be. I constantly live there. My inner best friend says, fuck that noise all the time. <laughs> that I can speak. That I do have good ideas. They might be a little big and crazy, but they're good and they're true. My inner best friend says, I deserve what has been given to me right now. That the situations were just situations in the past, that that's not my life now, that I can choose 
Back then I couldn't, and now I can, and I constantly do. I constantly choose love. I constantly choose truth. And I just want to spread it. <laughs> I don't need to hold it in. You're shining right now. <laughs> Everyone's just smiling, just hearing you speak. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Sabrina. Oh boy. What does your inner critic say? Um, my inner critic always says that I'm not doing enough. That any time I take to relax or even enjoy um, social time is time I should be dedicating to myself in order to create what I want to offer the world. Um, <laughs> and that uh, no matter where I am, it's never again enough. And but if I once I begin trying, um, I feel like I should have been there months ago or a year ago. Um, but my inner best friend continues to say, you know, it's almost like the universe just within me saying everything is okay and that everything works out and I am where I'm supposed to be. And, you know, she's, <laughs> she's a good voice to have. <laughs> no, no one of the two steer my ship, um, but they're definitely always on my shoulders, so. And do you think you'd still be able to achieve and to get where you want to go if you had less of that inner critic and more of the, more of the best friend? Yeah, it eats away at my courage, which I always thought was the brightest part of my being. So I just want to <laughs> align my passion with action at all times. Thank you. Hannah, what does your inner critic say? Um, my inner critic is always expecting perfection and ripping myself apart after so much that I do. Um, after we were considering this topic, I wrote down what my inner best friend would say to my inner critic. Do you mind if I share? Go ahead. Okay. You lash out in fear and spit words that burn and scar. Your intentions are rooted in dirt that does not provide growth or nutrients. You do not pulse life in my veins. You drain and take, but never give. You resent the way that I am blooming and how I am crawling up the walls you've so carefully built to cage me in. I will never be who you expect me to be. Allow me to go through my seasons because sometimes I soak up too much sun or absorb too much from the storms. I will not reside in your shadow. You cannot entangle yourself in my roots or stunt my growth. I am meant to rise up. I am meant to be seen. And if you would just close your eyes for a moment and speak to yourself with the voice of the inner best friend, what does she say right now? You have so much love. You have so much to give to yourself and others. You are so much more than you think. 
Thank you for sharing. Colette, do you have an inner critic? No, I have no inner critic. <laughs> <laughs> I just have a best friend. Life's my best so friend. Easy. <laughs> um, it took me a long time to understand why I always felt so stuck and powerless against myself. Um, and it's because my inner critic expects nothing short of total perfection. Um, so it was, it's always an uphill battle. But my inner best friend sounds just like my mom. She is always cheering me on. My inner best friend supports everything I do without any attachment to any outcome. And that's what I'd like to give myself more of, is listening to her. <laughs> Beautiful thing. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Marlene, do you have an inner critic? My inner critic tells me that I should have an inner critic. Um, last day, um, everybody was sharing their inner critic and I felt so dumb or stupid that I don't have an inner critic. I could not really find one. And then, um, and then I kept wondering in my mind if that is weird that I don't have that loud voice in my head. Um, I just felt so much for everyone, for their true heart stories. I felt so sad. And then I came back to myself and and is it wrong to don't have an inner critic like yelling me or at me or um yeah and sometimes that you know The inner critic it doesn't have to be this big, loud, hateful voice. It can be soft or gentle or not at all there. I didn't found it yet, then, hmm. I guess. And how about your inner best friend? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's the harder part. Oh, that's the harder part. <laughs> I rock. I'm love. I'm beautiful. <laughs> I'm everything that I uh, I'm worthy I'm worthy of my desires I'm the best mom in the world <laughs> yeah you too Rachel <laughs> of course <laughs> um, yeah Especially after these three weeks, I am me. Mm. 
I am so thankful, so grateful, so... Yeah, I'm lost in words. I feel so much love. Felt so loved, holding so much love for all of you. My sisterhood, I'm so grateful for that. For sharing so beautifully. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Stacy, do you have an inner critic? I most definitely have an inner critic. Um, she's a full yell most of the time, telling me I'm inadequate and just about everything I do. Um, if I've not mastered something or have had a lot of experience, I more or less feel like a fake or a fraud doing it. Uh, it's just that feeling that what comes effortlessly to other people is just such a, a struggle for me. Um, I think that I'm just uh, I think I just don't even let myself try things because I already assume I'm gonna suck at it and I know that um, just know that that's it's, it's a hard way to live and it's a hard way to be and I just want her to quiet down a little bit just so there's a little more space for knowing that I am worthy doing things and do you have that other that kinder voice is it sometimes there she's there sometimes it's a whisper it's very faint what does she whisper that it's okay to not be perfect that perfection doesn't necessarily equal worth that I'm compassionate and I'm loving that I'm funny sometimes uh, I think that's been like the great part of this experience is while she's been at such a whisper I feel like the loving words from everyone over the past three weeks kind of turned her volume up maybe at least a few notches it's not just a whisper you included Rachel I just hope I can carry 
all the love and support um, from everyone from this throughout and be able to keep her a little bit louder than the inner critic so that I feel more adequate in doing things. Um, I think if I can accept some of my missteps or faults a little bit more, I know that I can maybe also embrace my positive qualities better. I think in accepting those parts of you, you can become um, just more vulnerable and more human. Thank you. Thank you. You are listening to From the Heart, Conversations with Yoga Girl. A good cup of coffee in the morning can change your outlook on the entire day ahead. I love waking up to watch Dear Ruben Sunrise over my cactus-filled backyard, mug in hand. That mug is filled with Four Sigmatic Mushroom Coffee. If you haven't tried this coffee yet, don't wait another minute. Four Sigmatic has mixed their coffee with mushrooms and the product is a surprisingly healthy and delicious super drink. On top of that, this mushroom coffee contains powerful antioxidants and immune-boosting properties to keep you happy and healthy for days to come. Four Sigmatic creates their blends with only the highest quality of mushrooms and other superfoods, ensuring they're free from pesticides, mycotoxins, and other harmful chemicals. Being less acidic than normal coffee is, there's no need to worry about stomach burns or other common side effects like the jitters. Best of all, it tastes great. Four Sigmatic offers everything from mushroom coffees, elixirs, hot cacaos, and matchas. The blend with chaga and lion's mane is my go-to morning beverage to support productivity, focus, and creativity. Everything I need to get myself through the day. It's no wonder this coffee makes me feel so good. Lion's mane has been long used by Buddhist monks to help with focus during meditation. I no longer watch the sunrise without it. Discover the everyday magic of mushrooms for yourself with this awesome deal for From the Heart listeners only. Right now, when you head to foursigmatic.com slash yoga girl, you get 15% off of your entire order. That's 15% off of any order placed on Four Sigmatic's website, but you have to use my special URL, foursigmatic.com slash yoga girl. That's spelled F-O-U-R-S-I-G-M-A-T-I-C.com slash yoga girl. Daniela. What does your inner critic say? Um, well, right now, my heart is beating so fast. <laughs> um, but my inner critic is, I feel like, constantly saying that I'm not qualified enough or I'm not good enough um, to fulfill the crazy, ambitious goals that I have in my mind that... Um, I haven't fulfilled yet and telling me that like if you fail you have failed everything you're being judged by everyone um you just you failed like and you shouldn't have even tried um um I have so many dreams and goals and aspirations in life um but I'm really scared to take that first step of actually going through and trying to succeed that goal. I guess I'm scared of the judgment and the outside world coming in and saying, and I don't know, lighting that fire in my mind of, 
like why did you even try like how can how can you think at your age and your qualifications that you were able to succeed such a big goal um and it's so frustrating and it's just like constantly in my mind of failure and is it always the outside world it seems like it and it seems like like uh, the smallest thing that someone can say to me can be twisted so many different ways in my mind and so overthought and so ridiculous of like they probably didn't even mean to say that to me or maybe they said something really small and I twisted it into a way of like just blew it so far out of proportion of I'm just inadequate and I there's no way at my age that I can do something like that big so what if it's is there a possibility that it could also be the other way around like what if you have an inner critic that's really loud and the inner critic looks for validation right for reasons that all the stuff I think about myself is true that could be it possibility (laughs) yeah just want to find a way to turn that off (laughs) And how about another, this other, the idea of the inner best friend? Do you sometimes speak to yourself in that voice? I try to, and I try to think that that's a louder voice in my head of everything that I want to accomplish. Like, I have so many awesome dreams and goals that I really want to manifest and get out there um, and travel the world, see everything that I can, um, And yeah, she tells me, it's like, you're an independent badass. You totally can do it. You have all the qualifications and all of the strength to really conquer the world and try to make it happen. And what do you think life would be like if you lived from that place? Oh, God. Awesome. (laughs) I think life would be so amazing. And I think, like Marlene said, the last three weeks have showed me so much of who I am and who I can become and who I can forgive and who I can trust and all the sisterhood that have really built me up to not be a different person, but to realize what potential I actually have within me and being so confident with even our final, it just, it was It was the first time in my entire life I've taken a final that I've actually enjoyed doing. (laughs) And I loved it. And it gave me so much happiness and joy that I really, I just, I need to stick with this and make sure that that inner best friend really comes out. (laughs) And it showed. (laughs) Thank you. You were teaching the whole class was shining with you. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Natalie, how about your inner critic? My inner critic tells me I'm either too little, too, like, not enough, or too much. Like, I never know um, exactly if I'm conveying who I am, like, trying to convey to people. I always assume everyone 
thinks me a certain way that is totally like just in my head. So I tend to retreat into myself and just feel uncomfortable being me. And it sucks. Um, but yeah, I just, I guess that comes from living a life where I'm constantly chasing the next thing to see if I can fill the hole with, I don't know, good grades in school, um, like doing really well in my job, volleyball coach, whatever. I spread myself so thin that I don't have time to really even think about who I am. Like, <laughs> that's why coming here has been so crazy because I have never been put in a position where I'm on my own. I don't, I came here not knowing anyone. And um, that's just like the craziest thing. I was just left with my, like, with myself, you know, like to meet these people and actually tune into who I am. And it was uncomfortable at first because I haven't even had the opportunity to really just sit with myself and think about like, this is me, like, this is me. It's so crazy. And I can't believe that, like, at the end of this three weeks, it's a total, like, newsflash. Like, I don't, I don't have to waste time or waste energy worrying constantly about how I'm not good enough or how, like, I don't know. I just... I don't know. I'm just, I'm speechless too. It's just so hard to put into words, but I'm finding that deep down inside me, shedding all these layers all these weeks, like I'm finally coming to some common ground and being able to look at myself and just be okay with it. So, yeah, I'm trying to shut that critic up. <laughs> slowly but surely so do you think having the the space to just be with yourself and connecting with other people who are here also with that not knowing or also with that mm, has it helped you connect to a to a place where you can hear the kinder voice yeah definitely um again with this group my peace warriors um just showing like so much love and compassion and support no matter what even if I am freaking out about every little thing <laughs> um just showing me that it's okay like it's just gonna be okay so yeah <laughs> thank you thank you Susan yes what does your inner critic say my inner critic has always told me that I should know more, that I should have figured things out already, um, that I should have a better sense of direction. Um, that I should have the answers, that I should have been a more attentive mother, young mother, when my kids were little that I should have soaked up every, every second um, of everything. So, yeah, my inner critic's about 
fear of missing out, you know. This idea that uh, I want to learn everything and experience everything and um, be there for my kids and my mom while she's still around and my husband and all the people in my life that I care about, friends, um, people I know through work, uh, relationships are so important to me and the voice I still hear in my head a lot is is the voice I think of me as a little girl which was saying you know I always thought my bro big brother could do things I always thought you know I would say Oxy can do that and when I'm a big mummy I can do that it was always one day or somehow um, someone else could do better than I could. Um, and now I'm a big mommy. <laughs> and I still sometimes feel like a little girl, like I, I keep waiting to grow up. I want to feel grown up, and it hasn't happened yet. <laughs> um, yeah, so my inner critic feels like I'm... I should be more, I should be um, more knowledgeable. I should know stuff by now. And how about your inner best friend? Does she agree? What does she think? Um, my, best, my inner best friend is coming to realize, I think, that life is about the not knowing as much as the knowing. It's about just enjoying the ride. Every, everything. It's about being able to look at the world with curiosity. You know, look at everything through a lens of wonder and not lose that. We should never lose that. Life is about learning. I want to be a lifelong learner and just keep soaking it in and noticing everything around me. There's so much to see. And this experience has helped to bring me to that realization. Uh, You know, it amazes me what you've done uh, to be so young and so wise, um, to really see people and, and to let them see you. I think it's beautiful. And I've really enjoyed getting to know my fellow peace warriors. I'm going to wear that like a badge of honor. And uh, I'll always remember everybody here and what they've given me and what you've given me. It's, um, I think it's very powerful. It's a very powerful message that um, I think this program offers people 
It's about life. It's about people. I think that that's what it is. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Claire. Hello. <laughs> what does your inner inner critic say? Mm. My inner critic is always talking. Um, my inner critic says to resist, to not try because you're not ready. Um, just always finds a way to um, stop me from fully sinking into myself. And I can recognize that now, and I feel grateful for that. Um, but yes, I, I hear my inner critic a lot when it comes to making decisions that I know will align with who I am or know will make me happy because my critic will tell me, well, that might you know upset someone close to you because they might not agree and... I want to make them happy or you're not ready for that because you still need to, you know, lose five pounds or you still need to get that extra degree or you still need to, there's always something and it's never, I'm just, I guess, never enough like the way I am in the moment and it's exhausting <laughs> to live like that. Um, yeah. And is there also that other that other kind of voice there? Yes. Is it loud? Is it quiet? Is it Um, it's all of the above. Mm -hmm. It depends on it depends. And if you would speak to yourself in that loving voice, the voice of the inner best friend right now, what does she say? To soften into myself. Because when I do that, I'm so happy. <laughs> it's so easy. I don't know why we resist it. <laughs> because it's even just saying it out loud. When you just saw, like to soften into where I feel like inner calm. And myself is just bliss. And it's so, quote, easy to do. But when we listen to the inner critic, it seems like mountains away. Yeah, but she would tell me to soften into myself and to stop being so hard on myself and, yeah, just stop stepping on myself. Thank you for sharing. Thank you. Shannon, do you have an inner critic? My inner critic is so loud. It's still really hard for me to talk about it because it's there every second of every day telling me that I can't do something, that I'm not good enough to do something, that I'm not worthy of it, or deserving. 
And it's just constantly there in the back of my head, screaming at me at every moment of every second. And it's, like Claire said, very exhausting. And that's why I'm here, because I just want her out of it. (laughs) I want her out of my head. And when I think about the loving voice or my best friend voice, I've never had it there in my mind. And I just, I really want to meet her. Because <laughs> it's like, even with this whole yoga teacher training, it's like, I've known this is what I wanted to do. And this is where my path is. But in my mind, I'm always saying like, no, well, you're not smart enough. Or you're not this. Or you're you're just not spiritual enough. But then I go up there yesterday and it, everyone's just telling me how I'm born to do it. And to have that reaffirmed in my mind, is like the most powerful thing that I could ever give myself, that I am ready and deserving of everything. Yeah. And if you would, in this moment, just close your eyes and, and speak to yourself from that loving voice, that, that inner best friend. I would just say I love you. And that I'm a fucking badass <laughs> at teaching yoga. And I am deserving of everything that I have planned in my mind. And that I can accomplish everything that I have planned. And that I don't need to be anything but myself in this moment. Because I'm enough in this moment right here. Thank you. You are listening to From the Heart, Conversations with Yoga Girl. Leah Luna and I have a solid bedtime routine. We get in our pajamas, we eat oatmeal, read bedtime stories. Of course, we brush our teeth. It's such a fun thing teaching her how to take care of her few little teeth. I mean, she has 12 now and more are coming, I know. She loves brushing her teeth so much. And when we brush our teeth, of course, we use Quip. Quip is the next level electric toothbrush that keeps my entire family smiling. The easiest add to your daily routine, Quip eliminates all the difficulties in keeping on top of your oral hygiene. With a built-in timer to make sure you brush for the dentist recommended two minutes, this toothbrush packs just the right amount of vibrations with guiding pulses alerting you when to switch sides. Quip offers all of this and more at a fraction of the cost of bulkier brushes. When I'm on the road, Quip is easily my most refreshing travel companion. No charger, no wires means Quip is compact and light. Its wireless mirror mount declutters the bathroom and doubles as a travel cover too. Brushing twice daily has never been easier at home or on the road. Quip also offers amazing subscription plans that are there for your health, not just your convenience. You're delivered new brush heads on a dentist-recommended schedule every three months for just $5, including free shipping worldwide. It's no wonder that Quip is loved by everyone. They were on Oprah's O-List, named one of Time's Best Inventions, and they are the first subscription electric toothbrush accepted by the American Dental Association. Their team of dentists and designers is focused on helping you take care of your mouth much better. Plus, they're backed by a network of thousands of happy brushers using Quip every day like me and Lea Luna do. One of them could be you. Quip starts at just $25 and if you go to getquip.com slash yoga girl right now, you'll get your first refill pack for free with a Quip electric toothbrush. That's your first refill pack for free at getquip.com slash yoga girl spelled G-E-T-Q-U-I-P dot com slash yoga girl. 
Helena. How about your inner critic? My inner critic tells me to fix what is on the outside so I can feel okay on the inside. In particular, my body, which has led to many problems with body image and eating disorder and exercising like crazy several times every single day. And it, I'm really good at hiding my feelings and keeping it all to myself. So no one would ever know that my inner critic is screaming every single moment of every day. And it has taken so much energy and it's draining. It's draining the life out of me. And how about your inner best friend? Is she there? So for a brief moment, for a few brief moments, she's there. Um, and when she is there, it it's empowering. She says that it doesn't matter what I look like on the outside. I have so much to offer to this world and so many beautiful gifts and I'm so loved. Can you repeat that last part? I didn't really hear you. That I have so many beautiful gifts to offer to this world and I am so loved. Say it again. <laughs> that I have so many beautiful gifts to offer to this world, and I am so loved. <laughs> Doesn't it feel good to say? Yes. <laughs> Is it hard to say? Very. Hmm. You know, the more you say it, the easier it becomes. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you're smiling so big when you say it. <laughs> Every time your smile is a little bigger. Mm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm. Thank you for sharing so much of your big, beautiful heart. Thank you. I love you. I love you. Cat. Do you have an inner critic? I do. It's pretty vocal. <laughs> uh, she finds any possible reason why I can't be loved. So, blaming me for my lifestyle, for not having kids, 
um, being single, being different in any <laughs> kind of ways, <laughs> being me, <laughs> basically. So, she's a bitch. <laughs> she's a bitch. <laughs> and how about your inner best friend? Is she there? Mm. Well, my inner best friend must be very resilient. It must be a fucking badass. <laughs> um, and she, I think she would say that she only knows one person who can like travel across the Atlantic to go on an island for three weeks to do something crazy for herself. I think she must be proud. What else? What does she say? She says it takes courage and and Um, yeah, I think, I hope <laughs> um, that she stays there and, and support me. <laughs> and that's maybe this inner best friend finds it inspirational and uplifting that I do that kind of things and that might be the purpose of it. <laughs> yeah, to share it. <laughs> Thank you for sharing. Thank you. Selena, what does your yes. inner critic say? My inner critic sometimes says that I am less worthy than the people around me. And that I'm like a side role. And I feel so much respect and care for others but that I am not as important as they are and it also very often thinks about the conversation I've had during the day with other people and try to think what I should have said or yeah, like the perfect answer. Yes. And if you would speak to yourself with a with that kinder voice instead, that loving voice right now, what does that voice say? It says that I'm so amazing and so so kind and loving. <laughs> And that I'm so worthy of love. 
and so amazing that I can do anything I want to do. Yes, that I I have so much worth and that I should let myself shine more and be myself all the time so that other people can see me and so they can see who I am and embrace it and uh, yes, see my personality. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. Cecilia, do you have an inner critic? Yeah, I have, uh, it could be small things, big things, like everyday things. Uh, just getting insecure, what you can do and um, what you are able to do. Uh, it could be, yeah, is what you are saying, is that something people want to listen to? Uh, yeah, is what you have to say important? Could be one thing. Um, yeah. That's my inner critic. Uh, but it could also be like, um, uh, yeah, small things. Did I do this right? Uh, was it good enough? But then I have, during the years, because I'm not old, but... <laughs> I'm older. <laughs> uh, I have realized that my the good guy inside of me is getting bigger than the bad guy <laughs> or the inner critic. So I have started to listen more to my the good guy inside. And that feels really good. Um, yeah. And what does that good guy say? He tells me, or she, or he, or whomever <laughs> it is, <laughs> tells me that I can accomplish what I want to accomplish. And I also recognize that I actually can do that. Um, as Kat said, coming here... Um, that good guy was really on my shoulder then told me you can do this so yeah yeah you did yes <laughs> <laughs> thank you, thank you. Hmm, Caroline hello <laughs> what does your inner critic say um, I think that my inner critic tells me so much about how I have to, what I have to do in order to be perceived the way that I want to be perceived. Um, 
and it makes me worry a lot. Like coming here, I was very, very worried the first few days about connecting with people and being seen, like just feeling like I'm understood. Um, and I don't know, I don't know if that comes from like me and not feeling grounded with myself or I think just feeling the urge to feel supported and just understood without trying and knowing that like if I do something a certain way it might make people think one thing about me and not wanting to be seen as like one-dimensional or something like that um and yeah like teaching the class coming here worrying about like saying the right thing at the right time um yeah, and it's hard to just let go and trust that, like, whatever comes is going to be the right thing and that people are going to still appreciate me and see me however I present myself um, and that I don't have to try to be a certain way because the, however I am, that's that's who I am and that's just, that's what I want to be. But, yeah, the worrying and the trying to be a certain way mm. and if you would right now just close your eyes and speak to yourself but in that really loving really supportive voice I would say that I have people that support me fully all the way already in that I don't need to try every single moment of the day to to be myself and that there are people that love me exactly how I am and they, like I think in class I was thinking about a person that loves every single part of me as I am and that I don't need to try to be anything else besides who I am besides what I am in every single moment. And then whatever shows up or whatever I bring all the time, that's what I'm supposed to bring. The person that I want to be can be the person that I am now without my hair being longer and curlier, or my being more confident in my choices and waiting for myself to truly feel it. And I felt like in the last Shavasana, I had this feeling where I felt that every single cell in my body like was mine and just fully myself. Um, and I don't think I've ever like felt that before completely and so I felt like if I come from that place of really just feeling at home in myself then I don't have to worry about how other people see me because then they will just see me if I'm just there so I want to keep that and get to that more often but it's very powerful Mm-hmm.
Thank you for sharing so much of your heart. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you all. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Each one of these beautiful stories just completely blows my heart, my mind wide open. Uh, I, I, I've cried with each one. Uh, I feel so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you to every woman that has shared over the past two weeks. Thank you, everyone, for for going along with this wild and crazy and beautiful and heart-opening and mesmerizing experiment that I know we will do more in the future. Thank you so much for listening. Um, I would, I, 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 I don't know if there's ever <laughs> been a podcast episode before where, where we've had 50 plus guests. Um, so next time we do this, we'll find another topic for sure. But I know we are on the verge of something amazing. If you who are listening, if you feel moved by a specific story of something that someone shared, um, go to my Instagram, just go to Yoga Girl on Instagram and share it in the comments section. Maybe put the, the person's name there and, and tell them why you resonated and if something has opened within you through someone's specific story, I'm sure they would love to connect or love to, to read and take part of that as well. Wow. <laughs> Next week, I don't know how we're going to resume to some sort of normalcy from here because can we just can we just keep our hearts this open forever all the time? I love you so much. Thank you all and I'll see you next week. Thank you so much to every single one of my beautiful guests who helped make this podcast episode a reality. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to listen and subscribe to other great episodes of From the Heart Conversations with Yoga Girl. You can find all of them on rachelbraithen.com, on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or anywhere you normally get your podcasts. Don't forget to leave a review while you are there. Thanks to the folks at Cadence 13 for their production work. And of course, thanks to my sponsors, TransferWise, Lone Body, Four Sigmatic, and Quip. Please support them the way they support this podcast. I'll see you next week.